Absolute Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Writers. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Nassiman Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Writers Podcast Network. I am James Nichols, and as always, I'm here with my good buddy, John Zella. What's up, pal? Not a whole lot. Very happy to be talking about actual games this week. Yeah. Um, and then more games later this week, and for the next number of months, Yeah, we get to do that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but before we get into today's episode, I just want to talk about our good buddies over at Bar Down Breakdown Podcast. Uh, Islander fans, listen, we know you like your music, and there's no better way to stay connected with hockey and music other than Bar Down Breakdown. Check out their 100th episode featuring Derek from State Champs on January 27th. Guys, you're not going to want to miss this. They do a really good job of incorporating Islanders hockey with music. A lot of guys from Long Island. Uh, come on the show a lot of musicians from long island come on the show um but you know they've also had guys from like every time i die and stuff like that so uh who did they they i, I think they did yeah um they're they are big hockey guys yeah buff, big buffalo fans yeah um yeah so that's super cool state champs are from albany if you don't know who they are definitely check them out some great yeah. pop punk um i know a lot of people have played with them before and gone on tour and um super great dudes and they're they're pretty talented if you're into that yeah. So check out our buddies bar down breakdown for their 100th episode on uh, January 27th. Um, you guys aren't going to want to miss that really cool stuff, but uh, let's get into around the NHL. There's a lot of, go- a lot of things going on now. Um, you know, let's start with the opening games. Uh, things have been going somewhat smooth, um, but uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of movement going on right now regarding the waiver wire um, regarding how these players are going to fit into the uh, you know, the taxi squad or are they on the taxi squad? Are they, are they off the taxi squad? Um, And and somebody raised a good question today too, going slightly off script here about what's the point of the taxi squad? Because yes, there are extra guys, but they're practicing together. I, I, um, I think it's if, you know, it was if certain guys kind of go down um, or like they have COVID or, or something like that or anything like that. I, I, I don't know how separate they are off the ice. And well, that might not. be the difference that well, well, off the ice, maybe. But that might be the difference. But if they're on the ice, then I think it's like exposure uh, length. You know, it's not like you're. you're standing next to somebody for 10 minutes Um, when you're on the ice, it's kind of all in passing. I know it's like sweat and spit. Like it's all kind of like, you know, anyone that's played hockey or have watched a a game that where they they take a shot at the bench for one second, it's, it's kind of gross. Um, When you're playing, you don't really think about it, but then when you watch or something or think about it for a second, it's, it's disgusting. But yeah, um, I think, I think it's just extra guys. Um, and I think part right. of it too is so that you can have extra guys. Mo- it, honestly, it's mostly like I, I think more so than simply a coronavirus related, like pandemic related. It's just going to be really hard to get bodies from yeah. the AHL teams up to your team. Yeah. So if you if you already have them there, and a player goes down with a whatever injury, or you just want to swap guys. It cuts out a lot of that extra, you know, again, additional exposure 
no, from listen, guys yeah. coming from Bridgeport to they need to catch up in and they're in Pitts uh, they're in Pittsburgh or where I had to think about if Pittsburgh was in this division, you know, um, you know, if they got to go to Buffalo, they got to go to to Pittsburgh or or whatever. Yeah, they're right there, and they don't have they they have guys right that that they can kind of count on for that. Um, probably right. I don't know that it helps. I guess directly COVID related, but the that bigger part, picture, it makes that, more sense. That part totally makes sense to me. I, I get that, but the whole they're still skating with the break, the rest of the team. Yeah, but that's not the. I, I said that's not the point of this particular thing. I think it's mainly so you're not bringing extra guys in. That's a okay. you kind of create your own. Here are 26 guys that are on your team. They're not going anywhere. You can keep track of that. But if you have guys going back and forth to Bridgeport, yeah. or in this case, where are they? Because they're not necessarily like teams just started on Monday, AHL teams, uh, which is yeah. two days ago. So, um, and I kind of, it was, it was funny. So I'm on the board of a local hockey rink and the Syracuse Crunch are practicing there. So I, I saw oh, a tweet wow. come up. I was like, I, I know that rink. That is not the War Memorial. Where are they practicing? Um, and it's like right down the block from me, which is kind of cool. So that's where like Alex Tuck played and a lot of these guys. Sure. Um, grew up in it, which is kind of cool. But anyway, I think it's, you know, uh, Tampa Bay can't have guys from Syracuse going down to Florida. They're getting on some kind of plane. It's, it's not cost effective. I think that's where the taxi squad mainly comes in and not necessarily – keeping anybody's exposure level within the 26 guys down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can happen. I think there, there, there have been comments. I've seen some players like some, some of these guys, kids are still going to school. Some of them yeah. are their significant others or partners are working. It, it it's almost bound to happen. And there was a game canceled um, tonight. Uh, the predators yeah. hurricanes game was canceled. Um, do you know, I think there was an exposure, uh, maybe a, a, a false negative, um, so a false positive rather. So it, it is, it is possible, but you don't want to, um, you don't want to multiply the chances of that sure. happening. And that's there. It's, it's just kind of lowering the risk. It's going to happen, but if you don't have to amplify it, they're not going to. So that's, yeah. that's probably what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, in reference to the hot commodities on, on the wafer wire, uh, goaltenders are definitely a hot commodity. Um, and two goaltenders alone are, are actually going to uh, the New Jersey Devils. The Devils claimed both Aaron Dell and Eric Comrie off of waivers. Uh, they're trying to solidify their net after Corey Crawford unexpectedly retired. Uh, so uh, it does a pretty good moves by the Devils, in my opinion. I think that uh, Dell's a serviceable, serviceable backup. And Comrie is still kind of young, um, has to you know find a way to break out in this league. But um, they have a little bit of depth there now, so it was definitely a, a good move by them. I don't know what they – I mean, unless they didn't have a third goal. I mean, they had Scott Wedgwood. So they I don't did. know where now they have four goalies unless now because Wedgwood came up, they can try to sneak one of those guys down to the AHL. But I, I haven't – I didn't look at their cap friendly or anything, so I don't know what they're yeah. doing with all these goaltenders. I don't know that having four on your on your roster or – uh, taxi squad is necessarily a good idea. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's a trade ship. I don't know. Um, they are up three to one on the Rangers right now. Yeah. On the back of Jack Hughes, who's having a good He's start a to the really season. Good start to the season. Uh, two goals, three helpers, and three games for Hughes. Yeah. Um, that's excellent. They look the Devils look much better, and and considering that's their next opponent, um, this is a game that on their fans. I'm expecting maybe you're watching this. 
um, it is hockey. So if you're still in that kind of watching sure. every single hockey game mode, um, it, it's probably a good one to watch in, in the division. Yeah. Um, but someone that maybe last year that the Islanders didn't have to pay too much attention to get his feet wet in the NHL. Um, you know, he's going to get the ability to play these teams so many times. He's going to get to know right. them. Yeah. Um, they'll get to know him too, but he'll, he's only going to get more comfortable. Yeah. You know, he, he's a top pick for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So, scary to think. Um, I don't have a few days to rest. We'll get, you know, we'll get to that later and good for him though. Happy yeah. to see it. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see after the, you know, there was some question around Jack Hughes last year and, and, you know, that kind of thing, you have to wait on those. He was a first overall pick. It's also his first year in the league. So, yeah. you know, it, you have to wait it out and see how it works out. He put on, I think, 14 pounds of muscle in the offseason. Wow. So that helps. Um, wow, this goal is really nice, too. I'm watching. Yeah. I just saw the replay. That yeah, he, he, just such a smooth, like, that's just a pro move. His his player comparison when he got drafted was Patrick Kane. So he's he's bound to have success in this league and he's already you know put in the work to to get there he had 50 points last year still which is pretty yeah good that's for a in, rookie season in what it depends i don't know how many games the devil's played like a max of 71 games that's not bad for yeah, a rookie not bad at all so uh i think the devils are, are a bit underrated miles wood is another name that i like on that team he's actually he having a, he's having a good year so far this year as well good power um, play guy right yeah, very good power play guy. You know, he's he's strong. He's he's Anders Lee esque, um, maybe a little smoother with his hands, um, but he knows how to score and he's very strong. You know, on his on his skates, so uh, he's very good. And Mackenzie Blackwood, you know, he was the best goaltender in the second half of the season last year. So uh, they they have good roots there, and they're without Nico Heischer right now. So uh, young up and coming Devils team. They're they're gonna be. Uh, yeah, I, not they'll, easy they'll get there. Yeah. I mean, Mackenzie uh, Blackwood is still very good, and he's young. Yeah, he's great. So I, I think, you know, again, as you say, uh, start from the net out. They have a couple really good pieces up front. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they get another high draft pick. Maybe they can offload some some guys here and there, or maybe get something for uh, a Subban this year, although he's really expensive, and I think he has a couple of years left or something. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think they can make some moves. I think they can take advantage maybe of some teams – um cap situations and um i i want them to be good because i love that tri-state i want that rivalry to be good between all these teams yeah um that would we be don't cool. necessarily need this division or conference to get better <laughs> but it's nice to see when they're doing well they were when the islanders all those years were not making the playoffs um or were just getting just smoked in the first round <laughs> i i i you know i was a devil's fan i, sure. I liked watching them you know they were they were good yeah, uh, and so and I wasn't gonna watch the Rangers. I, I wasn't gonna be that much of a traitor. <laughs> um, the Devils felt really safe, <laughs> and you know, thinking back, this is you know, fifteen years ago or even ten years ago, the access wasn't the same to a lot of this stuff. So the Devils were just on TV. Yeah, and it was like, all right, if they weren't on OLN or <laughs> or something, <laughs> whatever that was, however many years ago, yeah. it was nice because they were just on MSG. You can just kind of turn them on and and watch. So. Um, yeah, it's always nice to see them do well. For sure. Uh, speaking of some some trade speculation, I know that we uh, talked about the Devils possibly offsetting some assets and get, getting higher picks and stuff. Uh, there was a Keith Yandel dilemma going on here, and there was you know speculation: is he maybe on the move? Um, trades are a little harder this year to do because you know if any player gets traded from one one team to another, they're required to go through this quarantine period. I don't know if it's 
required if they're in division trades, but definitely out of division trades at least. So it's definitely going to be harder to do this year, but his Ironman streak was uh, in jeopardy because uh, there was the possibility that he wasn't going to dress for the opening night uh, that the Florida Panthers uh, had at home. So they're delayed opening night. Yeah. They're delayed opening night Uh, wound up that he did dress anyway. um, And he had a, a, very nice goal in that game. I think he added on an, an, an assist as well. Um, well, yeah, I think he had an assist. He's had an assist in the game currently, like at Tuesday, as we record, and a goal the other night. Or did he have also have an assist the other night too? Uh, I think he had two points the other night. Yeah, and he was oh, wow. super pumped to score that goal. I mean, he, it was like the boys you know, were pumped on the yeah, bench. Yeah, I love so, that. It, it's funny because you know you expect a veteran like that to you know keep his composure, but he he was pumped. Um, but something of interest, you know, some rumors floating around um, about a deal with the Islanders, according to Elliot Friedman. Uh, it's it's a, just a rumor, nothing set in stone, nothing solidified. Well, it kind of been quiet, quieted too. So he had, he had mentioned it, and yeah, it, you know, it's kind of, it's it's gone now. Like you know, whatever right. was going on, it's yeah. kind of subsided. It's, it's likely not going to happen, and and you know, I don't really see a fit for him anyway. I, I do know we lost. Uh, Devin Tays, but the whole reason that we lost him was because we couldn't afford his $4 million average annual value. And Keith Yandel is going to come in at six or seven. Uh, I know it's only two years, but cap's not going up. So it, it's going to be too difficult uh, of a maneuver to get that done. Unless for some reason, the uh, Florida Panthers decided to take Andrew Ladd back the other way, but I highly doubt that that happens. Um, so I would not get too excited about that. No, and I, I don't – the Islander – and we're, we're going to get to a little bit of that. I, I know we um, – if you, if you subscribe to our Patreon, I think we talked about it last week. Um, we, we've definitely said some things on Twitter, but um, I don't think they need a guy like that, no. frankly. No. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to it later. Um, Jacob Voracek had a very interesting post game the other night. Uh in, in some explicit comments to a, a, a reporter from the Philly Inquirer, uh, Mike Seleski had asked Jacob Voracek a question about, you know, uh, no fans in the stands. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to say what he said on air. Um, but what I will say is that uh, he, he did not have anything nice to say <laughs> to Mike Seleski at all. Um, this stemmed from an issue that happened a couple of years ago, actually. I think it was like two seasons ago. Uh, you know, Mike Zaliski wrote something about Jacob Voracek, maybe not playing very well or something like that. Well, I have it up in case we want to read it. Oh, yeah, go ahead because, do it. Uh, Voracek is an offensive genius, a free spirit who channels his energy and creativity into scoring and setting up goals. But he considers diligence in the defensive zone outside the scope of his role and above his pay grade. A rich attitude for a player who is scheduled to earn $8.25 million annually for the next five years. Oh boy. That yeah, is so. not great. And then there's a bunch of there's a bunch of tweets of trade this guy for that guy, you know, Vorchek for this guy. Um, you know, if if, uh, if Drew and Vorchek are still the team's best players two years from now, this was in 2019, June 2019. So like a hop, skip, and a jump ago. Yeah. If Vorchek if, if Drew and Voracek are still the team's best two players in two years from now, this franchise will be in utter despair. That's dramatic. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think every, 
I wouldn't bring that and be like, well, are they in trouble now? Because I think every team's no. kind of sputtering and doing their own kind of version of will they, won't they be good? You know, everyone's <laughs> unless they like are just very good. Um, so I don't know that that, you know, that seems dramatic for a team that, you know, pushed the Islanders to seven games. Right. Um, you know, got through the first round pretty, you know, against um, they're going to be the Canadians. You know, they, uh, I don't know. They, they, good goaltending. I think Drew and Voracek has still plenty in the tank. Yeah, they they still have you know they have a they Joe got Therby. good guys they like have, right. Um, Pearl Sean Couturier. I yeah. Although Couturier is definitely cannot be as young as I think he is anymore. He's been in the league forever. He well, he came in at 18 years old, so he's he's probably Dude, he's, I don't know. He's probably approaching 30. Sure. He just seems he just seems so uh, like he's just been around forever i can just see that gap <laughs> that giant gap. i think he's missing four front teeth he's missing quite a bit but uh yeah so he he obviously and the thing is this that stemmed from that's that stemmed from two years ago so he was holding on to that bit of whatever you want to call it you know to spew out to, to mike zaliski and you know voracek had stated i think that somebody tweeted at him on twitter like you know, this was two years ago. Like, why are you bringing it back up now? And he was like, you don't understand. Like, I haven't had context with him since. So I haven't been able to say anything to him. And that was my opportunity. And Travis Konechny's face was priceless after, after Dude, those he was comments. trying to hold it back. So oh, my bad. God. He, loved, he was shocked. He had no Monday. idea. Yeah, it was hilarious. It, I mean, that's my worst nightmare. If I'm ever interviewing a player, I would... I would probably die on the spot. Well, the fir- I mean, your your first thing is uh, don't piss them off. Right. That's gonna be you know. <laughs> although you know, and I think Elliot Friedman said you know he, he commented on this too uh, on uh, on the podcast. Um, you're you're gonna write. You're gonna be honest. Now, I think what that guy did was shitty. Yeah. I don't know that you write that. I mean, Staples been hard on the team. He's not always. I know a lot of. Uh, a lot of Islander fans, or a good amount of Islander fans, anyway, um, think he just, you know, he wants to blow smoke to keep his creds or something. Staples been hard on the team. I've you know, seen he's, it. I think he's trying to be realistic, you know, yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, he is um, someone I think that tries to stay objective. Which, you know, I try to do the same thing. I'm, try, I try to be Me as, as well. honest. Um, you know, I have some honest opinions later on when we actually discuss the Islanders, um, but don't you know, don't piss them off. Sure. Don't, don't go, don't go out of your way. Um, it's one thing to be like, you know, their contracts are going to be, be an issue. You should trade them while he's an asset versus he's a dumpster fire. Yep. Get him out of here. Yep. Like, or, you know, if they're still on the team, they're in trouble. Like that's, that's not any way to build a relationship. And, you know, that it's marketing PR reporting. You, yeah. you got to maintain that stuff. So that's a real, dumb move however on Vor- to to Vorchek's credit i really do love that he did that um not just because it was entertaining but it showed that there's a little bit more to hockey players i mean i think we all knew that we know rather that there is more to players or that there are there, there's a little bit more to players than what we see right but it was this non-robotic kind of response where he didn't even just like ignore the question or you know no, you went right at answer. Him. Like you know, Mike Richards did that a couple of years ago. I I don't know if it was with this guy or something else, but when he was with the with the Flyers, 
he kind of gave those one word answers and tried to annoy, you know, for like a month. I forget what, yeah. I don't even know what happened. Um, he didn't want to give anybody a reason to write something. Right. Even that, or he, I mean, he was the captain. So it's like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever the case is when you're a star of the team, you know, you gotta be prepared for that. But I think it, I love that he just showed personality. You know, there, there aren't very many guys that are, outspoken i wouldn't consider voracek outspoken at this point although you know seeing some stuff on twitter it's you know he definitely snaps back sometimes which is again i i like that i mean i don't the nba i think is a little bit too of a of a circus sometimes um but at least it's interesting it's entertaining there's there's stuff going on there's you know not made up narratives in the nhl they're making up narratives like ovechkin and crosby hate each other and they have a poster and you know Crosby has Ovechkin's poster on a uh, washing machine in his basement he shoots pucks at like no we, no no they don't I don't know what they think about each other all that much you got to chill out um but you know some of that drama just like it isn't there so much it's it's got to be manufactured a little bit whereas in the NBA it's you know maybe it's manufactured a little bit but it's still a little more exciting yeah I don't know I just like that he did it it was something hockey related that wasn't just did he score? Are they good? Um, so that's 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 what I want to say about that. I just I just like I just like that it was fun. Uh, moving on. So the uh, AHL is actually getting their season underway soon. Uh, they hit the ice on Monday uh, for their training camp. So that's good news to hear on the uh, AHL front. Uh, you know, you'll probably see some guys start moving around a little bit now down to the AHL level. Um, you might hear a few more transactions come through, um, but let's move on to on the island because we have another transaction to talk about that. I feel like there's been so many occasions where I've sat here and I'm like, we're not going to talk about this ever again. It's pretty much done. We don't ever have to speak about Mr. Josh Hosang anymore. Well, once again, we have a new narrative to talk about. Um, Josh Hosang moves over to Sweden on loan. Uh, he's actually with Orbero. Uh, who where Robin Sallow plays, who I always claim that we don't talk enough about because we, quite frankly, don't talk enough about. Uh, interesting side note, by the way, in a Q&A with Arthur, Arthur Staple today, uh, Staple did indicate that he believes that the uh, team will be signing him uh, to his entry-level contract after this uh, season. So it uh, sounds like there's been a little bit of rumbling there. Um, when you're but, playing well, you know, and especially with, yeah. like, you know, you got Duke, you got Sallow, if, you know... Letty, I think Letty is still a serious asset on this team, but you know, he's got two years left and, or this season, another season, um, something like that. And, yeah. you know, watching him play the last few nights, he, he, he definitely see why, um, why the team's keeping him around. I, you know, I know his, the number isn't great and that's an obvious thing to look at about, you know, does, yeah. does he get, uh, scooped up in the ex- expansion draft, but the way that he moves the puck, his speed, the defensive awareness, yeah, sure. you know, they need a vet on that back end. I know that, I know that Pelic and Pulak have been around for a while now. Mayfield has been around for a while now, but, and obviously they have Andy green, but like Letty's just kind of been there and done it. He's, he's as steady as she goes. They need that. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I just, especially without Taves um, and without Dobson stepping up fully, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want more guys to kind of come in and let let it go until Dobson sure. can then step up and play with a, a, you know, 
ideally a left-hand shot on that second pair. I don't, I don't know if that means Mayfield comes down to the third pair. Um, but yeah, a little off track there, but yeah, I think it's good that Sal is going to get that contract. I wonder when him and maybe Bulldog finally do get into the mix a little more mm-hmm. seriously, you know, when Hickey's off the books and things like that. I mean, I, I it'd be interesting. I think Bulldog is going to be an Islander as soon as next season. You know, he, he almost made the squad this year, maybe just because it was, you know, for taxi squad purposes, but he certainly turned a lot of heads. So, you know, a, a core of, you know, Bulldog wild, who also really impressed at camp this this uh, past couple of weeks ago? He got John Carlson type raves from uh, Mr. Yeah, Barry yeah. Trotz, which is nothing to take lightly. Um, and you know, Robin Sallow, that's a pretty good young core of defensemen to add to Noah Dobson and, and Ryan Pullick and Adam Pellick. So um, the, the the blue one looks to be in good shape. Uh, the only thing I I, I just I don't know if this, you know, crossed anybody else's mind. I don't know if this crossed your mind when the, you know, loan happened. I just hope that he doesn't go over to Sweden and start talking, meaning Hosang, start talking to Salo about how much he hates being an Islander. That's that's one thing that I hope does not happen. I don't think that's in anyone's best interest. Like I don't, I don't think Maybe. it's in, in, in Hosang's interest either because it'll it'll get out. I think he knows better at this point. He, he kind of just wants his tenure to end. He's doing this for that reason. Um, I'm really happy for him. I want him to go skate. I, I think this too. just kind of gets... Um, I'll, I'll forever just be confused by the whole thing. Yeah. I, I don't know how many um, years needed to go by where it was like, okay, clean slate. And then little things. I mean, I, I, I just don't get it. I feel like much worse stuff happens to other players and he's just getting the raw end of it. I'm not, you know, and I think it pisses me off. Frankly, I see on, um, on Twitter a lot. Maybe I just look at Twitter too much. That's probably the case, but <laughs> I see a lot of like, you know, you Josh Ho, Hosang truthers, whatever they're frigging calling people. I, I don't, he's a good player. He is, you know, and he was a 2014 draft pick. It had, they just kind of developed him a little bit better. Yeah. By now it's six, seven years later. He's going to, you know, he should be, there's no reason why he shouldn't be where other players are. No, I agree. I a hundred percent agree. I do hope that he goes over there, showcases his talents and has another shot at the NHL next year. It's not going to be with the Islanders. Although I've said that we a keep thousand saying that times. I know I've said that a thousand times. I hope he does showcase his talents. I hope he does get another chance somewhere uh, in the NHL. He could be a 50, 60 point player for, for, you know, a decent team, you know, He's I don't get 40 out of 60 points against the honors in a season. <laughs> He's going to just absolutely light them up. And I, I, I've said that for a while, but as, as soon as he gets his chance, gee, it's, it's, you know, like, I don't want to say it's like a Duclair situation. Well, I don't understand um, why a team like Ottawa or, or Detroit, they'll take a flyer on him. Yeah. And I, I, I basically I think it. there's something else. I, at the same time, I mean, he was on waivers. You can get him, get him for, for free. Nothing. I know. I know. I don't know. I can't talk about Josh Hosang anymore because it's just there's never going to be any answers. There might not even be answers once he's gone. We'll never know, in my opinion. So I can't talk about him anymore. There's just nothing to say except for the fact that he's in Sweden now. Uh, he's with Orbero, and and you know we'll we'll see what happens. And and I'm closing the chat, the book on Josh Hosang until something real happens where he either cracks an NHL lineup or signs with another team. 
So we're closing the Josh Hosang book. That is all said and done. Let's talk about the first three games of the season. Uh, two games against the New York Rangers. One game against the Boston Bruins. Um, the two games against the New York Rangers were, in your words, a tale of two tapes. Um, and something I completely agree with. They came out game one, and I wrote an article on this. And I was like, same old Islanders. Awesome. In the best way. In the best way. All positives, four goals, suffocating defense. The the Rangers could not generate one shot from the inside of any Islander defender. They, you know, nothing was was a it was minimal high danger chances. The defense played outstanding. The offense found ways to score, and Semyon Varlamov shut the door. A, a, a outstanding performance from him. Um, he wasn't tested often, but when he was. He was just great. Then comes game two, and it's a flip of the script. It was a right? Freaky Friday situation. It, where they, Extremely. The, the Islanders looked as bad, and, and I, I want to give the, the Islanders credit for game one. But sure. The Rangers were bad. But then the Islanders just took that to a completely different level yeah. of, of bad in their, you know, in their 5 nothing loss. Yeah. Um, and it was hard to watch. It was a little bit of what you saw in the Boston game too. Right. Um, it was a lot of forcing pucks. You know, uh, I, I think even Trotz, whether it was, I think it was last night's post game. You can't force pucks through three or four guys every right. time. You want to try a pass like that? Every, sure, that's right. fine. But even those short passes, I I couldn't believe there was a play. Was it Bavillier over the line? You know, going in the offensive zone. It was a three on two. Um, if they hurried and I don't, a 10 foot pass couldn't connect. No one was on the trailer right? The, going wide. They, Wouldn't they make that pass. And that was over. That was in that, that was in the Ranger game. So whether it was a turnover or just, they, they, they couldn't string two passes together. Well, let's talk about how the game started. Scratch that. Let's talk about how the game was supposed to start. It didn't even start before the Islanders were already down. Cal Clutterbuck in warmups takes a shot in warmups and it goes too high. Which they teach you in the, you know, as soon as you can lift the puck off, right. guys, get the goalie going. And it's like, in this warm-ups? is a beer league, right? You know, you're like, right. guys are cranking slap shots right. from the dots and you're like, you're going to kill this guy. Right. You're so, in yeah, at every level. Shoot low. And Clutterbuck got one too high. It hit Varlamov in the, I think they said jaw. Caught him too high. And, and he had said, you know, in a post-game interview after the Bruins game, which we'll get to, uh, you know, I felt dizzy. I, I didn't feel right. And, it, you know, automatically it rushed Sorokin's uh, NHL debut, which wasn't ideal. The, these players are creatures of habit. So I'm giving Sorokin a pass for that game. Well, nothing he could have done. He didn't know this was going to happen. And listen, I know, you know, some might say a serviceable backup should be prepared for anything. In regular circumstances, yes, but he hadn't played since March. It was his first game in the NHL ever. He found out 10 minutes before he was starting that he was starting. These guys are mental midgets. They do, you know, pregame routines and they have, they have certain, you know, routines that they go through every start that they have 
in net and players too. They, they, they all have these regiments that they go through. So he had zero preparation. He was not prepared at all to be in net. Um, and he was hung out to dry for most of that game. I think at a th- three of five goals. Yes. I, I think that the, the team kind of deflated in front of them. They had a lot of high danger chances. Yeah. Um, a lot of odd man rushes. A lot of guys kind of crashing the net. The Islanders just weren't prepared. I mean, forget about, you right. know, so Strokin's in. Um, they'd never played in front of him before. Maybe they don't know how comfortable to be, so they weren't, you know. But then you kind of watch the Boston game, and even though Varlamov continued to play re- really well, the Islanders just were playing. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. It was like a, a magnet so, uh, on on their stick, but it was repelling the puck instead. Yeah, you, know, you just you just couldn't <laughs> couldn't do it. With Velcro, couldn't have helped them. Um, so, but two of those goals. I mean, to your point, first NHL game. Um, I you know I think if, there was a few people talking about this on Twitter, maybe even during the game. You know, um, I can't remember if we're in the chat with Joe or it's on Twitter anymore. Um, so like, who's who's saying what? But, you know, the angles were a little off. I know international ice is, is a little wider. Um, the You know, it's more of an east-west game. So yeah. having, you know, where Bujnevich maybe shot that puck from, I think McKenna, uh, Mike McKenna, who he has a great podcast and a former NHL journeyman, NHL journeyman. And um, he's like, no one's scoring from there. That's like a 1% of the time somebody scoring from there all season you never you almost never have to worry about that listen and he just but you know to your to what i think you're gonna say you know he, you he was in the paint he wasn't you watched varlamov um I, there was one shot in particular last night where he just the rangers they got in position where they were going to shoot and you sh- you saw varlamov come out a few feet like the it just immediately bruins. the bruins whatever you you saw him come out of the net yeah like you just right. there was there was an immediate like all right he's gonna shoot he's not gonna pass I'm right. committing to this where Sorokin kind of sat back a little bit maybe expecting another pass where the NHL game compared to Europe it's a lot more north south yeah so they're gonna get pucks to the net because things are tight um, and they're just gonna you know and NHL guys are good shooters so yeah they can pick a corner you gotta just eliminate the opportunity so. Um, he may have just been shell shocked. I mean, he had 30 minutes to, to kind of get ready there, um, even. Or, or less. So, I think to his credit, he played okay. Um, probably a lot of butterflies, didn't expect it, not prepared. Yeah, excuse here. Uh, but I, I think he comes back, and I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about it. What, no, how do you feel? No, no. I, listen, I'm not worried about it either. Plenty of people are, I'm not, I know you're not. The, plenty of people, you know, I, I saw tweets and, and, and comments of, can we get Grice back? Uh, I thought this guy was supposed to be polished, this and that and the other thing. Guys, relax. He's he's a rookie. He's a prospect. He's, yes, the 1B or, or, or the backup. It's not really quite clear yet, but he's, he's the backup. We went through the list of reasons for why he wasn't prepared for this game. He's got a little bit of work to do to his game, but not nothing major in my opinion. He just needs to learn how to play further up in his crease. A lot of those goals that he gave up in the Ranger game were because he was too far back. If he attacks the puck a little more than sit, sit back and wait for it and try to make a, a, a save based on his speed. Yeah, to, reactionary save instead of positional yeah, save. It's, it's 
he'll figure it out. I, I don't well, think, think think about this too. Shosturkin, who you know they are being Sorokin and Shosturkin are being compared. At least you know he what he have fourteen games last season or something yeah. under twenty games, and then he didn't get to. I don't think he played very much in the bubble, um, but had some NHL experience. The Islanders still put up four goals on him two nights before. Right, right, and I don't see. I don't think. Ever... I don't think Ranger fans were like, "Oh my nope. God, you know Shosturkin, this guy, blah right. blah." Georgiev right now, as we speak on you know Tuesday night, um, the Devils have four goals on Georgiev. There it is. Georgiev, there was almost five, but there was an offside. Georgiev historically, yeah, I saw I somebody texted me another Jack Hughes goal. Um, Georgiev historically plays well against the Rangers. I mean, the against the Islanders anyway. So really, I kind of really good, really which well. is which is scary. Yeah, I had, a, I had he a can feeling. bounce back, and or the team bounces back in front of him. Yeah, the Islanders were not prepared to weather that storm. That was Bush League. I can't believe that you know they don't know how to. They 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 came out and it was they thought it was going to be a bright sunny day and there was a hurricane. Yeah, and they they didn't batten down the hatches. I think that's what I put in, uh, in my article. You know they they just they just walked outside without a raincoat and it was yeah. you know sure torrential downpour. Yeah, so Georgia historically is very good against the Islanders. Um, I had a feeling that that game was going to go the you know uh, not the way it did, but in the Rangers' favor uh, because of Georgiev's play. But, uh, you know, bottom line here, don't worry about Sorokin. He's not He's not a godsend. He's going to be great. He's going to be a very good goaltender. I don't think Pierre Greco and Mitch Korn are going to sit back and be like, oh, no big deal. They're going to work with him, and they're the goalie gurus. They're known to be the best around the league at, at coaching a goaltender. There's not anything to be worried about here. It's the it was the first start of his NHL career. Let's give him a pass. He's got some time the in between them, uh, you know, uh, yeah. from Saturday to presumably one of the back to back games against the Flyers this weekend. Maybe. Um, is it back to back? Yeah, Saturday or... Sunday. All right, I suspect. Um, you know, then on the schedule probably picks up next week quite a bit. Yeah, it does. It gets a little more. This is the. This is the most time between games that the Islanders will have for the rest of the year. So I, I, I imagine that he gets the one of the one of these games. This, I think that he'll weekend. get one of the one of the Philly games. I think Varlamov will probably play the next two, and then Sunday we'll see Sorokin. Yeah, and then yeah, then he comes back, and then they, they play two games uh, in in three days against the Sabers. Yeah, um, and then it kind of kind of snowballs like from every two days um for for quite some time so you might see Sorokin in one of those games yeah um you know uh, in in early February as well you don't want him to not play at all but you know no. they are going to ease him in yeah um I don't you know I I think maybe the Devils game would have been better to see you know so maybe he plays Thursday Sunday um so that he gets the jitters out against somebody like the Devils instead of the Rangers have a really potent offense. Um, that probably would have been a, be- a little bit better of a plan, <laughs> I have to imagine. Um, but we'll see. Um, I'm I'm not necessarily. I don't love the Islanders right now. You know, to talk a little bit about this Bruins game, you yeah, know, we'll our next topic. It. I I don't. I love this team, but I don't love the way that they're playing. I I I don't. It's I know it's early and. But eventually, the 
you know, short training camp and this and that, the excuse is going to run off. It's going to run out. The the Bruins game. The Islanders had a bad first period. I'll give you that. After their defense got back to it, and it was a chess match from there. The Bruins essentially play the same style of defense as the Islanders. Yeah, but so- was it a chess match or or is the Islanders offense just shitty right now? I think well, it's that. Well, the, yes. But Their defense all, wasn't particularly but so good. So the Bruins. The Bruins have not scored an even-strength goal yet this That's, season. I mean, yeah. So it, they it weren't became, making – I think they weren't – Varlamo was very good. Oh, he was outstanding. Um, the, the Bruins had their chances that – Varlamov stole a period. And I don't think the – but I don't think the Islanders had that. They had 17 shots. In the game, I agree. No, I agree. Like now, the Bruins only had twenty something, which is you know a testament something different. But the Islanders, like the 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 offense, has always been a concern. They'll win that. They'll win one nothing, and be happy about it. Um, I agree. And and Islander fans will get aggravated that Sean Tierney or or Dom Lachizans from the Athletic or whatever get get pissed off. Forget it. Well, they get well (laughs) they get the the fans get pissed off at the analytics community when they're like, yeah, the Islanders shouldn't have won that game. Like right. the stats and that's not sustainable. And then they find a way to make it sustainable until it's not until, until it's game six of the Eastern conference final. So they're not wrong. It's just not right away. The analytics community that is, it, it works no, until it doesn't until they run into something where a team kind of suffocates them a little bit and they can't score goals. You know, you're only going to win so many double overtime games on a two on one off a flub pass so many times. Like, yeah, no, I know. It's, that's the way that they play. Now, against um, Washington, now they, they rolled over Florida. That wasn't even a contest. When you play actual playoff games against good teams and you play really, really suffocating hockey against Washington um, and then you grind it out against Philly, that's the eye on their team. That, that's a different game. That's a, that's a totally different team. Right. Um, this kind of like very passive uh, mistake. It's it's not mistakes like I don't know. I feel like it's different. It Look, seems like there's something going on, but maybe it's as early. Here's the thing, right? And I and I said this the other night, right after the game. It's important to remember that the Islanders are going to continue to win with defense and quality goaltending. Peugeot gives them a boost from last season, right? They didn't have him for most of the year. So now insert him in the playoffs. Yes, it was a boost, but this season is he's a boost to the offense. Um, and you hope that the kids can find their offense, but they're not an offensive juggernaut. That doesn't mean that they're not going to win games. I've been saying this since probably since Barry Trotz took over. They're not an offensive juggernaut. They're not going to be. They're not going to score eight, uh, six goals a game, five, six goals a game. It's not going to happen. They don't have firepower like that. Are they going to acquire it? I don't know. We'll talk about it then. Is Wallstrom going to become one? We'll talk about it then. Bellows, maybe. We'll see. But it's not yet. Now, also understand that there, I. it's still early enough. It's still very early. They've only played three games. It's still early enough to say, well, there was a short training camp and no exhibition games. These guys need to find their game still. That's what the whole exhibition game process is about finding their game seeing what works the third line is still not intact right Peugeot is there 
he's going to stay there. But the wings, yeah, it's been Johnson and Bellows for the past couple of games, but they're getting eight minutes each. The fourth line's getting more time than them. Well, Pajot's getting more time. Power play, penalty kill, yeah, he's getting time with the fourth Pajot line. Pajot led Martin, the team in time on ice last night. Yeah, Martin, the whole team. Isn't, Martin isn't getting the time. You're already no. seeing You're already seeing how Barry Trotz values Mar- Matt Martin much different than Lou Lamorello. I will say that. Yeah. And yeah, and that's exactly what uh, what Staples said today in in the Q and A. Okay, there you go. Uh, like um, verbatim, that's verbatim what he said. He was like, you, wow. you just kind of see this disconnect. Um, and I just glanced over it, so it's funny that I saw that that exact line. But oh, I thought uh, I thought that was interesting as well. I mean, I think at the end of the game or in certain situations, you want your two best um, faceoff guys. You know, and you know, and that's Suzikis, and and that's not anything against um, Nelson necessarily but it's you, you get your two be, you get your two best guys on the ice in, in certain situations in Sezikis and Peugeot and that's just going to be good yeah you know one guy gets tossed or whatever the deal is you know you have two responsible guys out there and Clutterbuck is, is never necessarily a liability I, I wish you know I think you know that his hand injury um you know just looking in game one outside of the pass and Barzell you, you kind of saw him struggle a little bit I think yeah. he's going to try to get more physical um, to make up for that, but he was an offensive, you know, guy. Like he was always capable of, you know, sniping every once in a while. He's always had a good shot. I th- I think what worries me though is this isn't. I understand your point, I, and I obviously know that that go, kind of goes without saying. They're not an offensive juggernaut. My issue is that they're making mistakes. They're playing like shit. But in who the isn't zone. right now? Well, when you come out in game one and you show, look, you're, they connected on passes. They they weren't turning the puck over. They played simple. Yeah. I, I didn't great. even notice. I didn't even necessarily, you know, you know, in some games when you watch Barzell, you're like, damn, dude, I had the puck the half the game. Yeah. I didn't notice that in the Ranger game. It seemed like the puck was being distributed. He wasn't trying to do too much. Something we saw Tavares do too, way too often when the team struggled years mm-hmm. ago, where you just you just saw him with the, try to uh, wrangle that puck for too long and try to, you know, because he just wanted to make the perfect pass or create an opportunity where, you know, he's playing with, you know, nobody's necessarily he's making them NHL players. Um, yeah, I didn't notice that in Barzell against the Rangers. And then even against the Bruins on Monday night, um, you, you kind of saw guys trying to do too much or just make, there was like, I don't understand what they were trying to do. And that, that's kind of my problem. Like they just looked bad it wasn't like right. oh they weren't offensively strong it was they even in the neutral zone they, they couldn't like i said they couldn't even string passes this Look, is outside of the first period they played like shit there's there's no other way to look at it other than they just they need to find the chemistry they haven't found it yet because there hasn't been too much time there's been inconsistency I'm wondering when throughout it wears the whole lineup when, when do we and i because i've been thinking about this question in any way i, I don't really have an answer I think my my question is when does it wear off? Like when so, is it okay. game ten? Is it game fifteen? Where we're like, all right, what we got is what we got. You know, so here, that's, this is that's, the team. That's interesting that you said that. I was listening to uh, this was a couple weeks ago. Now I believe it was Ray Ferraro saying this. Uh, he had a he had a couple of very good points about you know the upcoming season, um, and one of them was what is it? What is gameplay going to be like? And he said. He's like, it could be 10, 15 games before you don't see sloppy play 
for all teams. No exhibition games, no training camp or or a, 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 a short training camp. So it's, this isn't Islanders' inconsistency. This no. you think it's just sloppy? I think it. We're gonna revert. We're gonna go back to this moment on this day. I'm gonna try to do my best to remember this because I think my my issue going into this season with this team was inconsistency. How when how when does that fire burn out? When does the kindling kind of go? I don't know. Away? It's been two years. It still hasn't happened well, well it well i i urge you to look at the 1920 season where they start off strong they dip and they're a regular team and then they were playing like absolute garbage injuries or not there's different factors i'm i'm just saying that it's it's a little it's inconsistent and even in even in the bubble we saw it, they came out really strong and then they had opportunities to finish philly and that season that series is a little up and down um, the Lightning, I think they were just overwhelmed. I don't know that you can chalk it up to more than that. This, this, that's a yeah. seasoned veteran team that's been kind of building to that moment for a long time. And um, I don't know that, you know, people were surprised they got to the Eastern Conference final. I don't mean, I don't know. I don't even want to know what they would have said if Dallas actually made it to against <laughs> Dallas. That would have been, geez. Um, but like, I think I said this, and I even think you agreed with it. One of the things that they needed to prove this season was that they could be consistent. What they've shown yeah, so far is that they still need to do that. I agree. I just think it's going to take time. That's I, all it is. It's. I think what what's what kind of is maybe floating over all of this is they don't have that much time. Like, right. Uh, well, that's you know, you, that was going to be my, my next thought. In a truncated kind, season, I get that it's it's when is that going to come? And I get that. Right, I say like, I say you 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 have to give it another week before you can start saying, okay, what's going on here? Now, and they're going to lose games. They're, they, and sure. they're going to win those types of games, one nothing against teams like the Bruins. Yep. I think if, if they're going to be in the, this particular season, is I know it's 56 games and it's this and it's that, but I think this will be telling about the actual trajectory of the team because you're going against the best of the best. If... Buffalo is actually playing half decent this season. They're not the dumpster fire so far, although they tend to do this. They play really well in the beginning of the season and then fall off a cliff. Um, if the Devils are actually better, um, you know, this this division, it'll be very telling for the future of this team if they make the playoffs this year. Now, two very good teams are going to miss. But if the Islanders are truly on an upward trajectory, now you like you said, the last two years, they're building. They're They're kind of... I'm not going to sit here and pretend they're the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the, the Lightning and a lot of teams that kind of eventually go on to win a Stanley Cup, they go through the trials and tribulations. They 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 lose heartbreaking series. They make it really far. They mm-hmm. they miss the playoffs one the next year. They come back and they play better. If they're truly on that, they this is going to be really telling for the future if they make the playoffs sure. this year. And especially there's if like I said, if Buffalo and and the Devils are playing better than expected there's even more of an opportunity to make the playoffs because that means everybody's going to be losing games. Yeah. There's, right. there's points being left on the table that oper- the window actually opens. You can lose games against the, the Bruins and the Rangers, but then you got to make sure you're, you know, you're winning those other games. Yeah. You got to make sure that they're also going to lose games, you know, and if there's better teams in this division or maybe Pittsburgh falls off, every team's an injury away. So I don't want to say that, but that's true. You know, maybe Pittsburgh's aging. You know, it's hard so to is, think about so Crosby and, and 
and and and so is Washington, although they're four four right now in the third period. So uh, goalie's not looking great, but the offense is there. Yeah. Um. You know, like there's a lot of factors here, and if the Islanders are really going to step into being one of those teams and being a legitimate contender every year, um, having beaten you know Pittsburgh hand uh, pretty handily one season, um, Washington pretty handily grinded it out against Philly. Yeah. Um. This is the year to kind of do it. So if they really are. They don't have that much time. I don't. I don't want to sit here and wait until no. I, and be like, oh look, the power play clicked. Fantastic. You know, the penalty kill's been good, but I don't want to wait. Been and be very like, good. Oh great, they finally found a third line that gels. It's Komarov, Dalcole, and Hosang, and it's like you know what I mean. Like, I, I don't want them to just keep like. I get it. I do. Spending this this revolving door of shit. There's and, 50, and just pretending. There's like fifty three games left. You got to give it uh, at least another week. It's. I, I feel like they're once they get down on themselves, like in that Ranger game, that's it. They, they, no, I don't t- think so. I don't. What did I we think, see? I think they, that that game. I think that that game was just from the get go. It was just there was no hope. Varlamov goes down in in warm ups. That's it. The whole mojo is thrown. Varlamov. I hope play, you're right. If, if Varlamov plays that game, I think they win. I think they win three one. I think the whole mojo of the team, Clutterbuck was probably down on himself. The the, the chemistry pro- wasn't there for the fourth line. Nobody, nobody was was clicking in that game. I think the whole mojo was thrown off from the get-go. I hope you're right. Once Varlamov went down. It's um it's just concerning. I mean, I think the positives, and let's let's do that a little bit, because I don't want to just try to talk about the bad <laughs> the bad stuff. I really, really like Dobson so far. Oh, yeah. I think I think Look. I think against the Rangers, he struggled, obviously. But I, there were, especially in that first game, and even even against the Bruins um, on Monday, I like his vision. He's seeing the sure. ice really yes. well. They're trusting. Trotz is just throwing him on the power play. He has to. Has um, to. I, th- I think that's good. And he's got some really good looks. And I think, especially when he's out there, I don't know how often he's actually out there with Barzell. Um, and it might just be on the power play. I really don't know. How, I, I haven't tracked if they're both on the ice mm-hmm. at the same time. I think eventually that's going to work out. That creativity yes. is going to match up, and you're you're going to see it really work because Barzell so, loves to go to the point. Um, Dobson has the vision to get it back to him or the 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 wherewithal to make a good play. And God, that's going to be a good connection. I, it I, I it is. That. Dobson had a few flubs defensively. But offensively, he he's looking real good. He's looking real confident. The defensive flubs, they'll work themselves out. He didn't play consistently last year. He got 34 games sporadically. And, and he needs to, you know, like the rest of the team, just get some time under his belt. And and he's, he's going to be, as just like I said with Sorokin, he's going to be fine. He might be better than fine. He might be great. And I think that he just needs to figure out his game a little bit more in his own end. I mean, the two offensively, them. he's doing really well. That game, uh, that first game against the Rangers, he he almost created a, a, a very good chance on goal with a no look pass uh, cross ice that almost set up a goal. I think the receipt uh, on the receiving end, it might have been Bovillier. He might have just missed the puck. Yeah, there. I mean, it was uh, Eberle or something. I remember that was one of the looks that I liked. It was like you know, seam yeah. pass um, from the point, kind of down to the from the right point down to the left point. I yes. love that look. 
He was, was confident. Great. He got that puck through. I think with with Dobson and Sorokin, um, you know, kind of all the mistakes that they made in that Ranger game. You know what? Get them all out in one game. And rather you there you, go. you you make a million mistakes. Ten nothing is still ten nothing. It's still one loss. There you go. Doesn't matter. You, Move just, on. you can get you can run up. Um, it doesn't matter. I'd rather I'd rather them kind of just get out of their system in one game and learn from it and butterflies whatever whatever excuse here kind of thing um and then kind of come back and and have an opportunity to redeem yourself they have to have a short memory this season yeah absolutely are going to have games on maybe on back-to-backs you hope not that they just kind of blow it yeah as something goes wrong and whatever the case is they 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 hit a snowstorm their plane gets in late you just you can write the story ahead of time and, yeah. and kind of have it in the queue at, at some point. So, as our good friend Joe Pantorno would say, take it on the chin, burn the tape, move on. Yeah. So, and I, and that's what exactly what they did with the Ranger game. It might have taken a little bit of time into the first period against the Bruins game, but they moved on. They got another win. They're two and one right now. Let's pump the brakes on. Everybody freak out. Let's just let's just wait. They're two and one. Rec- I need some receipts. I, mean, I think I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be hard on them this season. Do because it because they're good, right? Um, like they're you can yeah you we can kind of play uh, good cap good cop bad cop. <laughs> they're but, they're, but, they're but, gonna be wait they're gonna be 15 and one and you're gonna be like yeah but they were all one goal games but they won 15 games. <laughs> I just don't want the I think what I don't like about that is I don't want to see them win three games in a row like they did against the Bruins. I, I agree. You know what I no, mean? I agree. I, you kind of need to see. Look, it's not. It's not like they won one nothing and they were just you know swarming them. And which you can't do every game. Every team is going to come out different strategy. They're going to you know especially right now when you're you're playing these guys night after night. You're going to learn a lot about these teams, not just about tape, um, which I doubt they're going to do as the season goes on. You're just going to know. Okay, this is what teams are doing. Yeah. Um, the coaches are going to keep up on it. They're going to put in the strategy, and that's just where it's going to go. Um, you know, so every once in a while, a team's going to have your number, uh, or that's true. Or and something. The, the Bruins have had the Islanders' number for the past, I don't know, eight years. Yeah, something like that. I think what the last win was to, at home win was 2013. Yeah, I said it on the broadcast. I, I think it's just a matter of lose a game. No one is saying they can't lose a game. Lose it by playing at least half decent. Right. And I think that's my problem is when they lose, oh boy, do they lose. Yeah. And it doesn't look good. And that's kind of my problem. And then, it, you know, for them, it very easily snowballs. And that's where they don't have the luxury of some of that time or the season <laughs> pausing out of absolutely nowhere. So even if, look, even if they're 12 and three or what I Jesus, I would do a backflip if they're 12 and three because that would be amazing. <laughs> if I, I pick a, if they're five and four. 10 and four. Okay. Not ridiculous, right? You're playing so many games and it's not a ridiculous thing. Um, maybe discounting shootout wins. If that even gets that, um, I would really want to dissect that, you know, maybe the team's first 12 to 15 games and say, what did this chunk tell us? Have they been consistent? Are they winning three games in a row? And I don't want to say dominating, but like, they're playing really well. They're playing good games. And even then that loss, they played a good game. They outshot them. Goalie stood on their head. The The issue is, I don't know if that's the case, but I'll give them benefit of the doubt. It didn't happen yet. 
I'll sit back and wait for it. So I think a big factor in all of this, um, it remains on the third line. Ross Johnston is just not it. Plain and simple, he he he's not it. He's a real solid guy in limited minutes. He could be a great fourth liner, but he is not a third line player. And let let me. No, I want not, him to be. He's not. I a really third, want. Him he's to not. Be. But he's, he's not. not. But he, he yeah, shouldn't I, I be. Agree. He shouldn't be on the ice with Martin and Clutterbuck. It should be Johnston and Martin or. Clutterbuck and Martin or Johnson and Clutterbuck. It shouldn't be all three. I you know, I did. Did we talk about this last week that maybe I think if maybe Clutterbuck doesn't yes. come back next year for some reason, yes. Johnson would actually not be a bad because he does have that offensive kind of prowess that yeah. Clutterbuck does have. Um, so maybe he's, he's a replacement for Martin or Clutterbuck. Yes. One way or another. I don't know if either of them last um, then you know the length. Of, I, does Ross have another year left after I this think, year? I think he has one. Um, Martin's got a, you know three more after this, and then Clutterbuck's got at least one if he you know comes out of the season alive. Right. Um, just because I think he's just throw. He's he's gonna throw his body at absolutely everything. He had so seven hits I, yesterday. I think what worries me. So sorry, not Ross Johnson. We saw Dal Cole on that line a little bit. We might in today in practice, Tuesday in practice. Yeah. Um, and, and you tweeted about that. What kind of combination, um, you know, save for swapping Bellows and Wallstrom, it seems like that spot is for one of them. So, they are going to be the ones interchanged. You're you're not, I don't think anyway, you're going to see Komrov and Dalcole, for instance, with Pajot in that third line. I, I, I have a hard no. time believing that that's going to be the case. So that one side is saved for the kids, yeah. which is good, right? You know, Get them eased in to you know a certain degree. Maybe this weekend Wallstrom gets his shot. Maybe, Maybe Thursday, Sunday, you see Wallstrom or something. But what about that other side? Dow Cole is very close to being back. And if he can be like we said last week, just that guy who gets his job done, gets the puck out of the defensive zone, you know. Not a liability. Gets it to Peugeot. Peugeot gets it into the offensive zone. If if he can just do his job, it might lead to more opportunities in the offensive zone. Maybe Bellows can bury a puck. Maybe Walshman can bury a puck. Uh, I think Staple did say, you know, if if Bellows comes out, uh, if Johnson comes out, Bellows might come with him to give Komarov or Dalcole and Wallstrom an opportunity just to see what they got. You're probably not going to see Bellows and Wallstrom together, at least not until they get to prove something. Yeah. They both kind of yeah. have to do it where they, look, they're the option. Bellows has been real solid, real solid. His first game, he threw eight hits. Uh, that, that was, that was very telling to me that he was comfortable being out there. He looks good. He's drawing penalties. Um, he doesn't look at a place out there. He he's what one of the best sayings is if you're not if you don't notice him out there, then that doesn't that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, he, I want to see the puck on a stick a little more. And and I think, I don't love that it's not there. And because I, I know he wants to shoot that puck, and I I did see a couple opportunities where he just let it go. Right. Well, that's the not thing. Very many. He needs a bit of a looser leash, in my opinion. He's he, although he looks real good and he's making the most out of his minutes. He's only getting eight. 
So he needs more of an opportunity to make something happen out there. A is lot- it that or, again, is it like uh, Kamarov or Dal Cole? At, you know, just well, he's also playing with Ross Johnson on the other, on the other right. side. And that's, I mean, Pag- yeah, Pajot can't just carry it. So someone's right. got to get the puck to Pajot to then get it over to Bellows or create something. That third line has just created absolutely nothing so far this season. Even yeah. in the good, even in the, um, in the five nothing, the four nothing win. I think it was, you know, I, I want to see the puck on on his stick a little bit more, or being quickly released for a shot. And and you know, you you said the third line isn't creating anything. Neither is the second line. And this is you know kind of going back to Pavilion has been a ghost. I mean, they've all I, Nelson scored the first goal of the year, and then nothing since. You know, yeah, ba- I think he's you know, I seeing him make like some plays at least. Bailey um, had a really nice feed to Bavillier in the Boston game that led to a semi breakaway. And I had thought that if, you know, for half a second that, you know, it was going on that if Bovillier buried that, that was going to be it. They were going to, that was their coming out party, but Rask makes a nice save, but it was a really nice pass by, by Josh Bailey. The rest of the game, he made so many bad passes though. And that just didn't even make up for it for me. I was like, yeah, great. Nice pass. But you know, doesn't excuse the, the, you know, lollipop bullshit that you've been tossing out there the last how you know whatever they need to find their mojo it's just a lot of things still need to happen um that that left wing spot on line three needs to be filled by someone consistent uh and i in my opinion i do think it's going to be dal cole i and i and i don't like we said last week i don't dislike that i think he'll be fine i think he's a serviceable third uh, third line player uh, who knows his role and can allow the other two line mates to kind of get, you know, do their thing. I think it will come to form. Dal Cole is coming back soon. Although, interestingly, as we're talking about this, I see a tweet. Uh, the Islanders assigned Kiefer Bellows to the taxi squad today and also recalled uh, Dimitro Timoshev from the AHL back up to the taxi squad. So, I don't know uh, if these are just paper transactions. Something could be, you know, in the works here as far as uh, a change in in the lineup. Um, maybe Wallstrom gets his shot uh, against the Devils on uh, what's was Thursday. Um, we'll see. Now there is I I do because I saved I, I try to save things that I know that I couldn't explain on my own. Um, and there was damn I mean of course I say it out loud and I'm not going to be able to find it. Um, but it was about saving money from things on the taxi squad. Um, I want to sit. I yeah. can't even remember. Well, like you're going to kind of see that from time to time. This seems a little bit different um, than, you know, some of the other teams kind of moving things around a little bit just to kind of like save $7,000 because they get that cap space back yeah. at the trade deadline or, or whatever the case is. Um, so I would, I would keep that in mind uh, moving forward things like that, but this does seem a little bit different. So I'm interested to see how that all shakes out. Yeah. As we know, Tim Michaud signed a one-year deal officially. Um, the only player not under contract with the Islanders right now uh, is Thomas Kunakel. Everyone else is accounted for, uh, but let's end the show on a positive note here. Um, you know, we're, we're not sure what the third line might look like tomorrow. We're not sure, uh, you know, what direction the Islanders will be going in. For the rest of the season, although I'm 
for certain not going to count them out of anything because everybody has been doing that for the past two years. And once again, they just shut the door on that. Um, but let's end the show on a positive note. Varlamov is locked in. Two starts, two shutouts. He's looked fantastic. And this is great for the Islanders. And this is great for Ilya Sorokin. Because to be able to watch what Varlamov is doing and learn from and, and partner with him, I, I think that, again, forget last performance by Sorokin. You're going to see some really strong starts from him because he's going to want to match that gameplay and and work his way into the starting conversation. I think I'm trying to decide if it takes, does it take pressure off of Sorokin, knowing that your partner is winning his fair share of the games? Yes. Or does it put more pressure on you because, no. well, he's playing well. Now I got to, I got to play well. I got to make sure I'm, I'm, you know, the shortened season, we got any points matter. You know, I can't let off the gas just because my partner is, um, racking up the wins. Um, I feel like it's kind of a 50 50 situation here. I think that, I think that it takes pressure off of him. He's seeing what's going on here and, and it's going to be likely that Volamov gets the majority of starts. I think Staples said something today, like he'll probably get 35 this year. Um, that's a good number. It takes pressure off of him. Because he's not relied on to carry any workload. Varlamov's going to get thirty-four. Yeah, that's what that's okay. what I'm saying. Varlamov will get about thirty-five starts. That takes pressure off of Sorokin because it's not a fifty-fifty split. He'll likely play the Devils, uh, Buffalo. He'll get his reps. I think it takes pressure off of him. He's he's got plenty of, uh, you know in-game action to watch from from the bench. He gets to see the way Varlamov cuts angles and, and moves side to side. Just the way he plays his game, I think it's just – I think it's great for him. I think Varlamov's success is not only great for the Islanders, it's great for Sorokin and his development. Yeah, I think, you know, being able to watch that firsthand and Varlamov has looked very calm, cool, and collected to just use that cliche. Extremely. I haven't seen him kind of make anything, any exaggerated movements. Um, he's not flailing around out there. He's he's making the saves. He's not, even when there's like traffic in front and things kind of collapsing on top of him, yeah. he seems to be just like holding his ground um, very steady. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely what the Islanders know at this point. They played, you know, the season only did just end for them not very long ago. They, Right. Consider themselves lucky that they they didn't have that much time. Um, in a certain respect, they didn't have that much time in between um, the end of last season and the beginning of this season for them. Um, they know what they have in him. I think that gives them confidence. I just hope that when Sorokin does get in there, and I know they they were disappointed. Um, Andrew Lee said it. And I think a couple other guys said we, you know he didn't deserve what we did. You know we didn't play well in front of him. Um, right. Trot said that they hung him Sorokin out to dry. Yeah. Um, but sure. that you know they do need to come back and, and play better, um, and you know again I kind of struggle with that because all right they played that game they kind of laid an egg against oh kind of they put up the biggest blue line deli bagel I've ever seen in that uh, <laughs> that Ranger game. Um, I gotta send that clip to Donald. <laughs> send the clip to Don and send him an invoice too. But I think the you know knowing what happened the day before and then to just kind of 
rely on your goalie again to keep you in a game against the Bruins. Yeah. That worries me, right? It's not like that that Bruins game is in a vacuum like, okay, this is early in the season and they're kind of, you know, but no, they played like absolute dog shit right before that. Not again, two days before that, you know, let their goalie out to dry. They, they should feel terrible. They should feel like the Rangers the night before. They should come out, you know, whether that was against the Rangers or not, come out, um, break down the barn doors and, and, and go for it. Instead, yeah. they do the same. They play another shitty period of hockey and rely on their goalie to keep a minute. And it's just, it's just not sustainable. That's how this season's going to go. Again, it's early, blah, blah, blah. Right now, I love the crest, and I'm, I'm kind of stealing this from Dangle because he had a very similar kind of rant. But I love the crest, but they're not. I don't love what they're doing. They should be better than this. I and they're just and they're just not doing it. I said and let's end the show on a positive note. <laughs> it's very good that Varlamov is locked in, but the fact that he's like keeping things afloat, literally at zero. Right? You look at their, you know, their goal differential. Straight up zero. In three games, good. Fine. I, I know. I'll kind of deal with that. But they need to do more than just kind of re- rely on this guy. Um, but, yeah, super happy that, that he's doing well. It's an incredible streak. Um, you know, if he gets to start on Thursday, it's something that, you know, keep positive. I hope that it doesn't deflate him. If, it, you know, you're going to get scored on eventually. Um, he's a professional. Imagine it'll be fine. Um Hopefully they can just kind of run over the devils and get their confidence back and get a little bit of a streak going and yeah. head into Philadelphia and, and just have a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Philadelphia is not looking, you know, quite like the Philadelphia we saw in the playoffs right now, but again, early in the year. So I, I don't think it's just the Islanders. I think it's, you know, it's going around. It's it's everybody's got the itis a little bit and, and it's all right. It's okay. Let's listen. That's about it for this week. Let's hope for a, a more positive Mr. Zella next week because uh, right now he, he's not loving it. But three three games in four days, <laughs> it's an opportunity for them to get some momentum, um, and then it's a busy schedule. So yeah. they, they, I think exactly. they have my my issue is one way or another they're going to find momentum. It's either going to be yeah. you know win one lose two or it's going to be win two or three and lose one. That's a very different February. That they're going to have to have short memories and they're going to have to just press on. That's all they could do. Yeah. I, I Yes, ab- absolutely. I think the, the third line gelling and being the fact that they can't just roll out the four lines like Trotz likes to do is a little bit of an issue. Um, so mm-hmm. once they kind of get that solidified and as we had breaking news on the show here, um, more kind of confusion we you know we discussed like oh here here are the guys that can be on the third line and then it's like oh yeah timishov exists um he's coming out of the woodwork so congratulations another guy but that might be that might be good um i don't know i i think he provides a different experience um, sure maybe they need that extra little flair i wouldn't kill him to have a little russian flair no um, on the o instead of just between the pipes so yeah i um, agree 
I don't know what on God's green earth that third line looks like with Timoshev. I don't know if that's <laughs> Wallstrom, Pajot, Timoshev, or what. I I, I can't imagine Trump. Oh, like, the oh yeah, two young guys that don't have any experience. Let's just throw them both out at the same time. <laughs> I have to imagine it's a you know Komarov, Timoshev, a lot of of going on. Yeah. Um, hopefully trans in, translates into events, but we'll see. I can't believe you just did that. Oh, Dude, that's about it. That's it. We're ending right there. Thank you to everybody for listening right now. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NASA and Hockey and find our work at The Hockey Writers. You can always support the show by picking up some NHP merch and donating through our Patreon. Our newsletter is out every Friday. We're also planning some bonus episodes and additional content, so sign up and stay up to date with all of that. And everybody, until next time, let's go Islanders. Go